Hey guys, real quick before we get started, we are doing a free giveaway for listeners between now and May 31st. Cash prizes, free swag, Yacht Meetup tickets, San Diego Padre tickets, and more. All you got to do to qualify is go to Spotify or Apple Podcasts and drop a five-star review. Send a screenshot to giveaway at summerscapital.com and we'll be selecting lucky winners May 31st. As always, I appreciate the support. Now let's jump into the show. So as multifamily, it became more and more overheated, especially in 2021 when uh, we're coming out of 2020, where the government printed 40% of the money supply. They dropped interest rates basically to zero. And so at that time, a lot of multifamily uh, money it was just looking for these assets. And so we were underwriting a lot of deals. Um, any good deal with a decent pricing guidance in a good market would have 40 to 50 property tours, and they would have 25 to 30 offers. Welcome to the Rich Summers Report, where we talk real estate, business, and wealth building, all while keeping it real. No fluff, no BS. I hope that you enjoy the show. Okay, so let's talk about now the marriage of multifamily and short-term rentals. So it's funny because we have a lot of multifamily also that we long-term, you know, no no short-term in there. And people always say, well, why don't you think about turning those into short terms? And I'm like, because they're my long terms and they're doing what they need to do. And by the way, that would be a hotel. <laughs> like mm. you've independently come to the idea of what a hotel is. So what made you decide to get into the hotel space? Because I think anybody who's ever owned a short term rental has driven by, you know, one of those cool old retro roadside motels and been like, man, that would be really cool to renovate and turn it into just like an Airbnb short-term rental. So I think we've all had that idea. I personally have never made the effort and probably won't make the effort, to be honest, um, <laughs> because I'm just at a point where it's like, we have enough doors. I think we're, we might be at a point of starting to pay some things off rather than adding more work mm -hmm. for more sure. money. We'll just pay some things off and make more money for the same amount of work. Mm -hmm. But had the idea kind of come to me and the ability to buy a motel like that sooner in our investment career, I probably would have. But I do find it really cool and kind of a fun idea. So I, I want to hear about the nuts and bolts of of that, what the numbers look like, how you structure that deal, everything. Yeah, I love that you said uh, a marriage between multifamily and short-term rentals. I have not heard that before, but it actually makes a lot of sense. So as multifamily, it became more and more overheated, especially in 2021 when uh, we're coming out of 2020, where the government printed 40% of the money supply. They dropped interest rates basically to zero. And so at that time, a lot of multifamily uh, money it was just looking for these assets. And so we were underwriting a lot of deals. Um, any good deal with a decent pricing guidance in a good market would have 40 to 50 property tours, and they would have 25 to 30 offers. And so we just felt like it was it became more and more challenging to compete. And so I came up with the idea. I said, well, these short-term rentals are doing so good. And now I have this management company to where it gives us full control and we can operate and manage these properties remotely. What if we go buy a boutique hotel? So the first one came to fruition. I was actually sitting in a coffee shop down in uh, Medellin, Colombia. And I was just browsing LoopNet. And I saw this 10-unit boutique hotel up in Northern California. It was beachfront. And um, it had a phone number of the broker. It wasn't marketed that great, but I called the broker and come to find out this owner had owned the property for 20 plus years. It was a 2000 built property. So it had great bones. It was beachfront and he just wanted to retire and he was willing to sell or finance the deal. And she said, Hey, like, you know, the property's kind of remote. It's in Humboldt County. No one's really took the time to come up here and tour the property. So I flew up there 
and uh, toured the property. Actually flew up there with the seller uh, in a small airplane. There's a, It's an area called Shelter Cove. It's beachfront, and there's a little tiny like airport right next to the hotel. You fly in, it's gorgeous. And you just walk off the runway over to the hotel. And at the time, I remember it was a Monday, and there was only one of the 10 units were occupied. And it was very rural. And I remember thinking, I don't know if this is going to work for our business model. But what gave us the confidence to move forward is we actually went and walked some of the surrounding hotels. And the hotel directly next door was also 10 units and met the innkeeper and just told her that we were interested in buying this hotel next door. And she ended up showing us all their books and all their revenue year round at the hotel next door. And the hotel we were buying was doing less than $200,000 a year. It was losing money every single year. But the hotel next door, the innkeeper showed us all their books and they were doing almost $700,000 a year, not even on Airbnb, not on Verbo. And their units were nice, but they weren't as large as the other hotel. And I knew, hey, we're going to renovate this property. We got living rooms, we got kitchens, fireplaces. So if we do a good job with the renovation and we do a good job with marketing on all the OTA platforms such as Airbnb, Verbo, we can exceed the $700,000 that the hotel next door was doing. And so that's what ultimately gave me the confidence to move forward on that deal. Bought it on seller finance, seller finance 70% of the purchase price and uh, raised the rest of the money from my investors. And the way we structured it was we didn't actually give the investors equity in this particular deal. We actually just brought them in in the form of debt, which is kind of cool. So what I did was we formed a investor LLC and the investors all invested into that LLC. And then the investor LLC lent a promissory note to the hotel LLC. And so we gave the in- investors a nice fixed return. And when we go to refinance the property two years into the business plan, then we'll use the proceeds to pay off the seller and to pay off the investor note. But it's a way to own 100% of the property day one using zero of your own money. Wow, that's also really, really clever because I think most people think the only way to do that is you just have a bunch of partners involved where you mm-hmm. don't own the entire thing. So that's that's a really valuable piece of information also. Yeah. And, and it uh, only works if you're going to like be able to really two to three X the value of the property in a short amount of time. And I think with multifamily, the deals aren't out there like that, right? Especially anymore. Yeah. I think over the last 10 years, a lot of these operators went and bought up all the value add stuff. They've renovated them and kind of sucked the returns out of them if you would. But in the boutique hotel space, especially less than 30 units, There's so many mom and pop operators out there who have owned these properties for decades, and they're not utilizing any of the marketing strategies or technology. They're not on social media. A lot of these properties are tired, and they're willing to sell or finance them because they don't have any debt. And that's how they bought these hotels 30, 40 years ago. And so I think that model actually works pretty good with the hotels. Awesome. And I'm worried now that listeners are going to have an unrealistic expectation on their first deal that the neighbor is going to completely open up their books to them and show them everything they should be able to do. <laughs> I so, know. Uh, I You'd mean, be surprised what be? people will tell you if you're honest and you have a couple of drinks for them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I'm surprised, man, because I, I know a lot of times we hear new investors say like, well, I would like to see some real data from other people. And a lot of times you can't get that because you don't know that person. You just... And so that's really like that was really lucky that you met that lady who would show you their entire books to kind of give you a baseline of what you should be able to do. That's awesome. Would you still have bought it if you hadn't been able to see that? Was there any other way that you could figure it out? You wouldn't have bought it. I wouldn't have. Yeah, because, uh, you know, if you we use CoStar and CoStar is great for uh, multifamily and hotel data. 
But the data up there was very limited. There was just, it's a rural area and not a lot of hotels. And so without that innkeeper next door showing us the books, wouldn't have had the confidence to move forward on the deal. So shout out to her. I think her name was Jennifer. Thanks, Jennifer. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Well, All right. So we're coming to the end of our time. So we have three questions that we ask every single guest that comes on the show. The first one is, what advice would you give 20-year-old Rich if you knew then what you know now? Just get started in in real estate sooner. I know it sounds cliche, but you know a lot of people that are looking to do their first deal, it's easy to get distracted. It's easy to get stuck because there's so many different ways to make money within real estate, but there's no right or wrong. And I think the true value is just to get started and do your first deal because you don't know what you don't know. Totally agree with that. And that's kind of how we got started too. We just said, all right, we're doing this. And we didn't uh, wait for everything to be perfect before we did it. And I always say it's kind of like having a baby. You're never going to say like, okay, everything's ready. I'm ready to have a baby. Yep. You just kind of, it happens and you make it work. So mm-hmm. I agree with that. You just you just have to get going and you learn Absolutely. as you go. It's everything in life. The timing is never going to be perfect. And sometimes you just got to take action and figure out how. Exactly. This question is kind of similar, but what advice would you give a new investor who's getting started today at this point in the market in 2020, what year is it? Three, 2023. Mm-hmm. So right now we're in an interest rate environment that's volatile. Um, we're in a market that's softening. So in order to buy in this market, it's going to be different strategy than what it was three, four or five years ago. So right now, in order for me to buy, it's three things. I need to buy at a discount. So make sure you're not overpaying for a property. Number two, I need to buy a property that I can renovate and improve and add value. Maybe it's through increasing the income. Maybe it's through impl- implementing better management strategies, but I need to be able to add value. And then number three, I need to secure some good debt to where I don't have a crazy prepayment penalty and I can refinance out of this debt. Uh, when the interest rates go back down. Great advice. And last question, what is your favorite book that's impacted your mindset? Oh, man, I would say so. The first one I read was Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. But I would say the one that I actually like kind of like stuck to most was Multifamily Millions by Dave Lindahl. And the reason I say that one is because it just teaches you like as a brand new investor, and you don't know anything about commercial real estate, it teaches you the power of buying a commercial property that's underperforming and renovating it, making it nice again, and how you can force your appreciation that way. And it just gives you all the fundamentals and confidence to go do your first commercial deal. And so it'd have to be multifamily millions. Nobody said that one yet. And I have not read that. And I will go read that. Put mm-hmm. it on my list. Put it on my Audible. Yeah, Got a great. long set of flights tomorrow. We're heading to Montana to, on a ski trip with the kids. But it's nice. Too- Two separate layovers, which I'm regretting now before mm. even having left the house. But anyway, that's tough. The two is tough, <laughs> but y'all, I'm sure it'll be worth it. Yeah. All right. Well, Rich, if any of our listeners want to find out more about you, follow you, all of those fun things, how can they find you? Yeah. So I'm very active on social media. My Instagram handle is at rich underscore summers. That's S O M E R S. If you want to learn more about investing passively in boutique hotels, it's uh, summerscapital.com. And I have a new podcast that's in person. It's called The Rich Summers Report. Um, we do a lot of how-to stuff. I do a lot of interviews with some like high-level guests. And so that's exciting. And then lastly, we are rolling out a mastermind next week that's going to be geared around uh, how to buy a boutique hotel using zero of your own money and how to operate it. So excited for that. Oh, great. Because that was the main thing 
about this interview that I was like, man, that's really cool how he did mm-hmm. that. And you're going to teach us how to do that. No one's really doing the boutique hotel mastermind thing right now. And so I told the team, I'm like, you know what? This is our opportunity. Let's do it. And let's see if we can help a bunch of other people. So excited for that. Awesome. Uh, and what's the link for that again? I know you said it, but I missed it. So Yeah. So we haven't rolled it out yet, the boutique okay. hotel mastermind, but we will next week. But okay. if you just uh, go to my social media, it's at rich underscore summers. I'll have all the updates there. Okay. Awesome. Well, thank you so, so much for your time. Uh, it's a really, really helpful interview and you know a lot of uh, techniques and strategies that we haven't heard about yet on the show. So thanks so much. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on and excited to uh, connect to Nashville. Yeah, anytime. See you then. 